0: you looking to take your team to the next level and lead to your full potential? Then leading with purpose is the show for you. It's an hour of empowerment with your host Nathan R. Mitchell. Nathan is a business and leadership development coach, public speaker and author. He's also the founder of Clutch Consulting and a member of the John Maxwell team. Nathan's purpose in life is to empower others and that's how he helps businesses and leaders grow. He specializes in leadership training, improving communication in the workplace, and creating high-performance teams. So join Nathan and this week's guest as they provide you with the information and tools you need to effectively lead yourself and others. It's time for Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. Here is your host, Nathan R. Mitchell.
1: Welcome to 2018 and welcome to episode number 28 of Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio. I am your host, Nathan Mitchell. I would like to wish everyone listening to our first podcast of the year a very happy new year and a blessed and rewarding year ahead for each and every one of you. Friends, if you're just now joining us or you've been listening to the show for a while, but for one reason or another, you're not yet a subscriber, I strongly want to encourage you to head on over to leadingwithpurposeradio.com, click on the iTunes link, and get subscribed now so you never miss a single episode. At the end of the day, my commitment to you is to bring you the very best guests, the very best content, so when I have wonderful people like Lisa Ryan, author of the book Manufacturing Engagement, who we will be talking with on this episode, you're going to want to make sure that you have access to the information as soon as it is made available, and being a subscriber is the absolute best way to do that. Friends, when I was in graduate school working on my master's degree in business administration, I vividly remember many faculty members telling us, that the number one priority of any organization should be to maximize wealth for the shareholders. And I'm not going to sit here this evening and tell you that this isn't important. However, I will say that profit and therefore wealth is a byproduct of an organization that is committed to and fulfills its purpose. Purpose accomplishes many things. First of all, it clearly communicates why you are in business to your customers, and it also helps you hire people into your organization whose skill sets are in alignment with the needs and wants of your organization. Unfortunately, passion in and of itself, it isn't enough. I know we hear about it a lot in books and at conferences, but it quickly fades over time. An organization that is committed to its purpose, on the other hand, can endure adversity, hire the right people, and succeed for the long term. So as we enter this first month, We're a few days into it of 2018. Ask yourself whether or not your organization is leading with purpose. Are you hiring the right people? Are you doing a good job of retaining clients? Are you doing a good job of developing strategies to ensure your success this year? I ask these things because we're going to talk about all of this and then some with our guest, Lisa Ryan. Lisa helps our clients develop employee engagement initiatives and strategies that keep their top talent and best clients from becoming someone else's. I absolutely love that. She is an award-winning speaker and best-selling author of nine books. With a career spanning from healthcare, healthcare, executive recruiting, and manufacturing, she easily relates to people at all levels within an organization. Focusing on strengthening workplace culture, improving employee engagement, and initiating gratitude strategies, something she calls gratigies for personal and professional transformation, Lisa's down-to-earth approach, quick wit, and conversational delivery have proven to be a winning formula. Lisa Ryan co stars in two films and is the past president of the Ohio chapter of the National Speakers Association. She holds an MBA from Cleveland State University. She has been blissfully married to Scott since 1996, and they are the proud parents of three very spoiled cats. With that, Lisa, welcome to the show. How are you this evening?
2: <laughs> I'm awesome. Thank you for having me, Nathan.
1: You are more than welcome, and thank you for being so giving of your time to join us here on Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. Lisa, let's start here. Tell us something interesting about yourself that many people may not know.
2: Wow. (laughs) You know, I think... I practice what I preach, you know, I, I work, I've been doing a gratitude practice since the 1990 and I've seen it transform my life so I just am passionate about bringing the message, I'm focusing on that because it really is my whole world. It involves everything that I do, you know, being a business owner um, and working out of your home. The good news is that it's always there and, of course, the bad news is that it's always there. Now, the nice thing about working from home is that I have the privilege of having cats sitting on my lap and on my computer and, you know, (laughs) coming up and keeping me company during the day so that makes it nice but other than that you know i i think my my uh introduction said a lot i'm I'm blissfully married to scott we have a great marriage 21 years and i'm being married to my best friend so it's nothing that anybody doesn't know that's kind of i don't know where we could go with that
1: well for starters why is it that the whole idea of gratitude is just so important even in the workplace Before we get into the real meat and potatoes of our interview.
2: Because it's something that not only helps in the workplace, but it helps us personally. Um, One of the things that has happened in the last couple of years with employee engagement, for example, is it's become another checkbox. It's become something that we have to do. You have to do to your employees. You have to do for your employees. But unless you're actually buying into it, unless you see the purpose, unless you see the benefits that can come from it for you personally, it doesn't necessarily get done. So in the programs that I do, no matter who I'm talking to, what audience, what program I'm doing, it always starts with that foundation of gratitude because I want people to walk out of there with tools that they can use to have a better relationship with their spouse and with their kids and with their friends and with everybody else in their life. And that's the foundation on which everything is based.
1: That's fantastic. And when I was with the Walgreens Corporation for 12 years, one of the things that they implemented about halfway through my career with them was having... All of the managers and employees throughout the organization fill out Gallup surveys every year. And as you know, I think Gallup has been doing these since early 2000s, and the needle really hasn't moved much in one direction or the other. But studies continue to show that employee engagement is nearly at 70% in many organizations. And in your professional opinion, why do you think disengagement in the workplace is really such a problem, and why aren't we doing a good job of overcoming it?
2: There's some companies that have taken it to heart, and so those are the companies that have moved the needles, that have gotten into that 80 or 90% engagement levels. But most of the time, the, the companies that have not moved the needle or they've gotten worse is because when the economy took a dump a couple years ago, basically, we got used to that kind of, you're just lucky to have a job mentality. Right. And so we, got, and you had one person doing the job of three people and all that stress and, and all of that, that we got out of the habit of thanking employees. We got out of the habit of acknowledging the good that they were doing because we were so focused on survival and people many companies have not gotten back to. They they got out of practice, and they no longer have the skill um, or sometimes even the desire to to make the workplace more pleasant, more engaging for the people that give them so much of their time and effort.
1: Yeah, and as you mentioned, you know, and and you and I both know that over the long term, money is not a motivator, but talking about those employees when uh, the economy went south, doing two and three jobs uh, at the same time. You know, in many cases, they were either making the same amount of money or in many cases making less. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things you mentioned in your book, Manufacturing Engagement, is that there is a big difference between employee satisfaction and employee happiness. For starters, what is that difference? The difference
2: really is when an employee is just satisfied with their job. You know, it's like the job's okay, their boss is okay, the commute's fine, you know, they do just enough work so that they don't get fired because basically they're probably getting paid enough so that they don't quit. There's an even balance there. They're not a rock star, they're not a problem child, they're just doing their job, they're going home. When you have an employee that's engaged, engagement signifies an emotional commitment to the organization that's somebody that is actually more profitable than the uh the money that you're paying them because they're giving their best they're giving their efforts they're in the flow they enjoy what they do and so that actually makes them more profitable so satisfaction is not bad but the aim is engagement and the difference between then we think that happiness is engagement and it's not necessarily because the work still needs to get done I mean you can make your employees happy by bringing in pizza every day setting up foosball tables and you know and giving them big bonuses every week but that's not necessarily what they want. They want the challenge. They want to be seen uh, contributing to a mission that's greater than they are and feeling a part of something. So engagement actually goes deeper than happiness.
1: And that's really a trend today. I mean, you see you know, pictures of new workplace cultures and magazines like Entrepreneur and, and Inc. Magazine, and you see the – the ping pong tables and the indoor volleyball courts and all of those different things i mean in your professional opinion are these really working at all are they even working in the short term or what's the what's the long term impact
2: it really depends you have to have the right culture for it you know right. some of the some of the companies like Google uh, you know they have established that type of culture where it's become almost an expectation um, but not it's not going to work for every organization so it's something of looking at you the customers you serve the type of business you are the type of culture you want to create and look to create some kind of engagement plan. I don't want to call it a program because a program sounds finite. And the thing with engagement is that we want something that is going to become part of the culture. It's not a one and done. It's not a flavor of the week. This is something that we are doing from now, basically, until the end of time in our businesses.
1: So when you look at organizations like Google that actually... um For lack of a better way of putting it, I mean, I hate to say that they encourage failure, but they really give their team members an opportunity to think outside of the box and try new things. And then you look at organizations like Zappos, who are really committed to uh, helping their organization deliver happiness to their end consumers. Do you think those things are important? And I want to touch base on that right when we get back. From our commercial break ladies and gentlemen you're listening to leading with purpose empowering talk radio i am your host nathan mitchell tonight we have lisa ryan on the show we'll be right back after this short break stay tuned
0: leading with purpose empowering talk radio and your host nathan r mitchell returns after this short break
3: Do you wish you had more focus? Do you wish you were more intentional about the things you need to get done to really start making progress in your business and leadership? If so, you need the Leadership Journal by Nathan R. Mitchell. The Leadership Journal is Nathan's empowerment project to help business owners, entrepreneurs, and leaders grow their business, empower their teams, and lead to their full potential in only 90 days. To begin reaching your full potential today, simply go to leadingwithpurposeradio.com and claim your copy of the Leadership Journal now.
0: Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills, faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with Empowerment Coach and Founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host Nathan R. Mitchell.
1: Hey, welcome back. Before we get back to our interview with Lisa Ryan, author of Manufacturing Engagement, 98 Proven Strategies to Attract and Retain Your Industry's Top Talent, I would like to let you know that Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio is brought to you by Minert & Associates, a full-service accounting firm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, dedicated to helping businesses relieve their financial stress. So if you're in need of tax preparation, Bookkeeping or payroll services. I encourage you to visit my friends over at Minert's and Associates. You can learn more at RelieveFinancialStress.com. Lisa, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Right before the commercial break, you had mentioned uh, Google in, in your discussion, and and I piggybacked back a little bit talking about Google and Zappos. And you know, in your professional opinion, what are a couple of things that these organizations that are doing right that not only improves engagement in the workplace but is also really, you know, looking appealing to the millennial generation.
2: Well, two things. Number one, I think that Google is most known for is their 20% time. So the people that work at Google have the license to spend 20% of their time working on their own projects. Mm. So what that's doing is it's expanding. Number one, they feel empowered. Number two, they feel trusted by their managers. And number three, they have the opportunities to use their creative juices to think differently and to bring something to the organization that they can be proud of. So that is Google does a great job with that. Zappos, one of my favorite companies, I had the opportunity to visit the uh, facility a couple years ago when I was speaking in Vegas. And if you're ever in Vegas take the tour, it's totally
1: worth it. Actually, I'm going to be in Vegas on the 18th, 19th, and 20th this month, so I was actually hoping to do that myself.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely worth it, because one of the things that that Zappos does is they hire slowly. They want to make sure that they have the absolute best fit for their organization. So somebody goes through the whole rigmarole of the interview process, and when it's time to make the offer, somebody from Zappos will actually hand that person. Person a check for $5,000 not to take the job. Now, the check is good. They can walk out of there with five grand, not have any, you know, not worry about it, but they can never work for Zappos again because yeah. they are absolutely committed to their culture. The other thing that they do is that each employee works in each. Position. So if you join the leadership team at Zappos, you're starting on the phone, you're starting in customer service. So you are experiencing what your workers are doing. So you have that connection, you understand what they're doing, instead of just being in your ivory tower and, oh, I am too good for that. So it develops a different level of connection. So that is also another great engagement culture tool.
1: So let's look at this from a small business perspective because a a big part of our audience are the small business owners and the entrepreneurs. So let's assume that we're talking to a small business owner that really has a disengagement problem in his or her organization. Maybe they have seven or ten team members. What are some ideas that you have that will help them move the needle in the right direction to really start this new year off on the right foot? Because let's be honest, you know, most small business owners can't cut somebody a $5,000 check. To see if they're a good fit for the workplace culture in the first place?
2: Right. Well, the first thing is that as a small business owner that you have to do is sit down and ask yourself why do I want my employees to be engaged and am I committed to the process of making it happen? Because the thing is that if you think that engagement is going to be a quick fix, it's something that you can say thank you a couple times and be done with it in two weeks and go back to business as normal, or you decide to try something like, oh, we're going to do lunch and learns or we're going to do something, and it doesn't take off the very first time that you try it. And so what a lot of owners will do is, well, that didn't work. I'm never going to do that again, because they don't make the commitment. They don't see it as the long term. okay? Because remember, your employees at this point don't necessarily trust you because you went to some management seminar, you hired some consultant, they gave you all these great ideas, you came in and want to make those changes right now. Everything's got to change. And your employers are thinking, you know, let's just wait about two weeks because (laughs) that's when the flavor of the week will wear off and things go back to normal. So I tell people to start with what I call the apology approach. And the apology approach basically says, listen – I know as the owner of this company that I have not been letting you know how important you are to this organization and how much I appreciate your work. I am going to make a concentrated effort to be better about that, and I would like for you to hold me accountable. So there's some vulnerability there, there's some accountability there, but there's some connection there that your employees know that this is an effort that you're making over the long term Because otherwise, the first time you say thank you to them, they're going to be like, "Uh uh-oh, he never thanks me. What does he want? Right. (laughs) So we have to set the stage and set the foundation of why we're doing this and then start little by little, interaction by interaction, looking for the good, catching people doing things well. And that's the focus that we need to have because this is not overnight and this is not a quick fix.
1: No, you're exactly right, and you said some great things there in that segment. I mean, just the whole check-the-box mentality as a business consultant, leadership trainer, I've seen it. I've had organizations hire me that use the the check-the-box approach, and, uh, you know, well, we tried that for 30 days. We tried that for 60 days. We didn't really get the results that we were looking for, so that's one more thing that we'll shove in the drawer and never look at. Again, or those are ideas or strategies that we won't implement. Another thing that I like that you said was the whole idea about vulnerability and this whole idea of authenticity in leadership. And I think that approachability in leadership is huge. And just the things that you talked about, I think if the leader is willing to set their ego aside and be willing to do that, they're going to move leaps and bounds uh, within the organization.
2: Yeah. I had one of my clients. She was a regional director for a hotel chain. And she committed an error that basically almost lost them their largest client. I mean, it was a massive mistake. And she jumped through a lot of hoops. She did what she needed to do. She saved the account. Instead of you know, like not paying attention to it, she actually now opens up her team meetings with, okay, who messed up worse than I did this week and what did you learn from it? So she's made a safe space for people to come and tell her because she messed up that badly and their mistakes okay well I didn't mess up nearly as badly as she did so (laughs) it creates that safe environment for sharing actual news instead of being that emperor not wearing any clothes that only wants to hear what they want to hear we need to create a safe environment and by the leadership team by the manager by the owner expressing their own vulnerability and their own infallibility then employees are more likely to trust
1: them yeah this is so important as the generations change in the workforce too i mean newer generations especially the millennials in the workforce they're looking for more than a paycheck right Absolutely. and as you've stated they want to care about their work about the organizations they work for and ultimately for the people they serve in the community is this is this a monumental shift and what's really important in the workplace today? And if it is, what are two to three things that organizations can do to to meet this need among young talent? Well, there's
2: a couple things that go in there. Number one, with the generations, all of us, when we were in our late teens, when we were in our 20s and mid-20s, we too wanted to change the world, okay? We wanted to do work that was meaningful. So the thought process is the same. What's different is... Part of the way was the, the way the millennials were raised um, some some studies some research shows that when traditionalists came through, you know basically they just they did the job, they got their paycheck, they went home Boomers worked so hard. I mean, the Boomers are the workaholic generation, and they didn't get the acknowledgement that they really wanted and desired from the traditionalists. So because they didn't feel that they were getting that acknowledgement, what they did is they lavished it upon their children, the millennials, where everything that you do is good. We want, you know, we want to give you ribbons for just showing up and we want to give you that constant feedback that you too can do anything you want to do. And they instilled that belief in their children. They also gave them constant feedback. You know, one of the things when I do some of my millennial programs that millennials hate is that whole trophy generation thing. Because it's not right. their fault. We did it to them. Sure. But how does that translate to the workplace? They're used to getting feedback. Yeah. They're not, if you're only giving feedback once a year at the employee performance review, stop that. Number one, nobody likes it. Number two, it's not often enough. So sometimes those five-minute check-ins, how are you doing? How can I help you? It's not what boomers think that, oh, everything has to be, oh, yay, Johnny, you're so good. That's not it. Millennials are young in their career, they're growing, they want to be better tomorrow than they are today, and they're, they're hungry for that. So they want to know, how am I doing? How are you going to invest in me? So in training, in professional development, so I can be better and a more significant part of this organization tomorrow than I am today. So the feedback, the way that they're wired for feedback is more significant today than it has been in generations before us.
1: You know, that's a really interesting point. As a parent, I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old, and that's something I really try to be cognizant of myself as a father. My daughter is 10, and she swims for a public school swim team here in the Tulsa area. And she has literally received eighth-place ribbons keep in mind there are eight lanes in the pool right so i have to explain to her i said ili this is not the way the real world works you know your your eighth place ribbon basically means you came in last in in that event you know even though you got a ribbon at the end of the day you did not win and i don't tell you that to make you feel bad i just tell you that because that is reality and one day you're going to get out into the workforce you're going to get to a job interview and somebody's going to tell you no and you're going to wonder why. What is wrong with me? What did I do wrong? You mean I don't get to walk away with a ribbon? Right. Yeah. So. It's a challenge. You know, one of the benefits, too, of having engaged team members, Lisa, is that they bring forth their full effort at work. And this is something you talked very early on uh, at the top of the hour. And we've got just a couple of minutes before our next commercial break, so we might only be able to touch on this just briefly. But ultimately, this helps organizations achieve its goals. Uh, For starters, before we go to the commercial break, what is discretionary effort?
2: Discretionary effort is the effort that is above and beyond that the employee chooses to do for their job. They can either do exactly what their boss told them to do and put in C effort, put in average effort, or they can choose To go above and beyond. So discretionary effort is just giving that little bit extra to the employer. And that's what happens when you have an engaged team is that they're more likely to give you that discretionary effort.
1: And at the end of the day, why is it? Why does it really matter? Why is it important?
2: Well, you're always going to have that 30% of the workforce that we talked about is actively engaged. You have 50% of the workplace that is um, basically disengaged. They're doing, they're that even balance, doing enough work so that they don't get fired. You know, you're paying them enough so they don't quit. You have 20% of your workforce which is actively disengaged the poisonous, toxic, horrible people that work yeah, for you. Yeah, the
1: energy vampires, right? Yeah.
2: Where do they recruit from? Okay, yeah. <laughs> They have that 50%. So if we engage, if we focus on what I like to call those steady eddies, that's where we're going to be able to raise them up and letting, instead of letting them get stuck in the muck with the disengaged people.
1: All right, everyone. We're going to commercial break. Stay tuned. We will be right back with Lisa Ryan.
0: Leading with purpose, empowering talk radio and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell returns after this short break.
3: Nathan R. Mitchell, America's leading empowerment coach, founder of Clutch Consulting, and certified member of the John Maxwell team, is giving away his top-selling book, Leading with Purpose, for free for a limited time. You can get Nathan's highly acclaimed book, which is full of 30 empowering tips to help you transform your organization and your leadership. To claim your free ebook, simply go to leadingwithpurposeradio.com. Opt in to receive the Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio Newsletter, and you will also receive Nathan's book as a special bonus. This is a limited-time offer, so secure your copy today.
0: Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills, faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with empowerment coach and founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host, Nathan R. Mitchell.
1: Hey, welcome back to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. Before we get back to our interview with Lisa Ryan, author of Manufacturing Engagement, 98 Proven Strategies to Attract and Retain Your Industry's Top Talent, I would like to let you know that the Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio podcast is brought to you by Minert and Associates, a full-service accounting firm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, dedicated to helping businesses relieve their financial stress. So if you're in need of tax preparation, bookkeeping, or payroll services, I encourage you to visit my friends over at Minert and Associates. You can learn more about them at relievefinancialstress.com. Lisa, welcome back to the show. Thanks. You are more than welcome. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Uh, right before the second commercial break, we were talking about discretionary effort. Uh, I want to lead this into the next question. You know, We talk a lot about leadership on this podcast. With that in mind, you know, how much of a role does leadership really play in all of this? I know that we've talked a little bit about this already. And, it, and is winning the talent war a huge challenge for today's organizations?
2: Yes, it is a huge, uh, a, a huge challenge for organizations basic, and for a lot of reasons, but number one is that when you look at, let's take a look at manufacturing, because that's what I really like to focus on. But there's a whole, in the manufacturing arena, you have traditionalists, you have the boomer generation, and then you have millennials now starting to come into it. But we have this whole generation, Gen X, where the boomer parents and the traditionalist parents are saying, oh no, you don't want to go into manufacturing. I mean, um, you, you know, they, they, those were the days of the plant shutdowns and the layoffs and all of these kind of things. And you don't want to be have that dirty, grimy work. You're going to go to college. So basically, what started happening is we have this this extremely educated generation. Um, Gen Gen X started going to college. The millennials, the most educated generation that we have, and they're coming out of college without available jobs, and they don't necessarily. want want to look at manufacturing. Mm. So when we look at any of the trades, they're estimating that by the year 2020, there'll be about 5 million manufacturing jobs that will go unfilled. And this is hitting a lot of different industries. But like I said, that's the one that I've done the most research on. So what does that mean? You spend so much time and effort to bring that perfect employee in. And unless you take steps from day one through your onboarding, through your pre-onboarding, through... Connecting with that employee right off the bat for those first 90 days, that employee may still be getting calls from the other people that they interviewed with. Hey, you still looking? If they're not feeling the love, there's a good chance that they're leaving you, and that turnover is expensive. It has to start at the top with the leaders, and that we understand that. We need people, and in a market where the talent is, sh- the talent pool is shrinking. When we have the employees that we need, that we want, that are doing the job, that are helping us to do our business, we have to find ways to keep them, because it's much easy, it's much cheaper for us to keep them and to pay them a livable wage, good benefits, to take care of them through engagement practices that don't need to cost a lot lot of money versus going back to the drawing board and trying to find somebody else to bring in turnovers expensive
1: yeah it absolutely is one of the things that you talked about was that the the millennials and even some members of generation x are just not really interested in manufacturing jobs where have you found they're going what industries are they interested in are they more entrepreneurial than than previous generations or is it a combination of both
2: the interesting thing with that is because the millennials were kind of forced to go to college by their parents, they weren't given a whole lot of choice in the matter. So here they are coming out of college, you know, eighty, hundred thousand dollars 100000 in student loan debt, trying right. to figure out how they're going to move out of their parents' basement before they're 40 because there's not the jobs around that lets them really survive. And what's happening with the next generation, Gen Z or iGen or whatever they're going to call these next folks coming up, is they're seeing the struggles that the millennials are having, having all the student loan debt, having these degrees, but not necessarily finding the jobs to go along with them. So predictions are actually saying that this next generation will be more entrepreneurial, which will also lower the talent pool because people will be starting their own businesses instead of looking for that, that job.
1: Interesting. One of the things we talked about at the top of the hour, and one thing we definitely don't want to do is have a check-the-box mentality, but one of the things that you mention in your book is that having team members take an employee engagement survey is an important first step, but that team members also requires a lot more than this. What are some follow-up action steps that organizations can take to ensure that they decide to take this step of doing an employee engagement survey that their efforts at the end of the day just aren't futile?
2: The problem with employee engagement surveys is that a lot of times companies believe that by doing the survey, by taking that action, that's enough. Well, we did a survey. What else do you want? They have to act on it and let the employees know what they did. I was just meeting with a client the other day, and they have a brilliant plan. They have a wall after their engagement survey, and they've been doing this for 20 years, so they have you it pretty much down to a science, but what they have on the wall is a what you asked for, what we did. It's two columns. It shows what the the things that showed up on the engagement survey, and it showed the steps that management was taking to make that happen. We want to give credit to the employees that come up with the ideas. We want to show that we're taking action because otherwise the next time you give the employee a survey, they're going to be like, oh, they didn't do anything about it last time. Why should I?
1: Exactly right, yeah exactly right well lisa before we conclude tonight's interview i definitely want to give you an opportunity to share you know where can people learn more about you do you have any workshops or speaking engagements coming up and ultimately where can they get your books and go to find more about you so they can hire you
2: sure absolutely my website is gratitude dot com and yes that does stand for gratitude strategies and so that where is where I have videos on that uh, website. I have my blog is on there. Um, if the, your listeners would like to receive gratitude thought of the week, um, you can send me an email to Lisa L I S A at gratitude dot com and just. Put a note on there, I'd love to receive Gratitude Thought of the Week, which is a short, inspirational message that seems to show up exactly when you need it. And then uh, my books, all of my books, I have 10 of them now, are all on Amazon. And the newest one, uh, Manufacturing Engagement, came out actually in time for Manufacturing Day, which was in October. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Its companion book, called "To Have and To Hold: 101 Smart Strategies to Engage Employees," actually just came out. I noticed yesterday it's up on Amazon now too. So,
1: well, congratulations uh, on that. Thank you. You are more than welcome. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I know you've delivered a lot of value to me and my listeners. Thank you so much, and you enjoy the rest of your evening, Lisa.
2: Thank you, Nathan.
1: Thank you, everyone. You're listening to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. I am your host, Nathan Mitchell. We will see you here again on Leading with Purpose in a few weeks. Have a great night. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio, with host Nathan R. Mitchell. To learn how Nathan can help you get better business results and lead you to your full potential faster, visit Clutch Consulting on the web at www.clutchconsulting.net. You can also download episodes of the show.